Hey guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I am super excited about our guest today. She is the founder of a brand that I've been absolutely, absolutely obsessed with since I tried it. I've been using it pretty regularly, I would say, in my routine. Um, I don't shift massively with my routines, but when I do and I add a product in, it's like I'm very religious about making sure that I stick to that product, and I've just seen great results. So without me ranting too much, I want to introduce you guys to our guest today. She is a former makeup artist and esthetician and the founder and creative director of Skin RX, Colleen Carey. Welcome to the show, Colleen. I'm so honored to be hosting you. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so happy to be here talking to you. I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. rare for busy people, but when I do, it's going to be hard to get us to stop. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those easy episodes where we just have so much to talk about because even planning this episode, Colleen, we were like literally could not stop talking. So I can't wait to dive in. And I, for all the listeners, I mean, wait till you guys hear about the amazing brand because SkinRx is really, really that good. Like, I'm not lying. I use it very frequently and I want to learn about it from Colleen. But Colleen, can you tell us a little bit about your background just to get started? Because I think it's really important to understand where you come from in terms of the industry is concerned. So just to learn a little bit about you. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. As people experiment with new brands, they want to understand the how and the why and who's behind it. So as a former esthetician and makeup artist, I loved skincare very much. And this was like 20 years ago. And then after working in that career, I got married, had kids and took a step back. But anyone that knows me knows that it was always my goal in life to start my own skincare brand. I never identified what it would be or looked into it. Well, now my kids are becoming teenagers. They're getting older and more independent. So I had that time a couple of years ago that I finally said, okay, let's start looking into this. And obviously over the years, now that I'm in my early forties, I've played around, kept myself busy trying different products, trying different procedures. I'm no stranger to injections or lasers or surgeries for that matter. I try it all. I enjoy it a lot. I love the beauty industry. So a couple years ago, when I started to get serious about working with different formulations and looking at different manufacturers, what I found was that I wanted to make something with actual effective ingredients. I'm not interested in clean. I'm not interested in just making some organic oatmeal papaya mask in my basement and selling it. So I found a manufacturer and that's fun. That's fine, but I wanted something that actually had active ingredients in it that were really going to change or affect the skin, right? So I found this wonderful manufacturer down in Florida and was able to partner with a dermatologist to make a medical grade skincare line. You and I love to talk about trends and the direction that industry is going. I'm definitely seeing a stronger shift away from clean and organic products that people are starting to move more towards science-backed products because they've been tested in a lab. They've been clinically formulated to actually have effective ingredients in them. So that's what I was able to come up with with SkinRx. I've had 
people ask me, is medical grade just like a marketing term? And it truly is an actual term that means that you've been tested in a lab and you've produced alongside the proper medical professional, in my case, a dermatologist that yeah. gives you the highest level of active ingredients on the market. So yeah. that's our formulations have. And that's why I think as you're using it, you're seeing and noticing that it really is effective. So mm-hmm. that was my purpose. But then when I started, you know, I've been using medical grade skincare and product lines that you buy at the Medi Spa or the plastic surgeon's office or wherever. They're extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do being a web-based business and the fact that I don't have the overhead of a big fancy office and a full staff and all that comes with that is mm-hmm. I wanted to create the same quality product, but at a lower price point. So my team yeah. came up with the phrase affordable luxury. That's what we really want to target SkinRx as, or a entry-level medical grade skincare line. A lot of those brands that have been around for 20 years, they have very loyal followings. I'm one of them. I've used Obagi for at least a decade. I love it. But those products cost a certain amount. Yeah, it's hard to navigate, right? It's like hard as hell to navigate these brands. They can be intimidating because they are so established and the people that use them. So the other thing that I noticed before I launched is that this younger generation of Gen Z, you know, I'm a millennial, like I said, early 40s. I don't know why I keep bringing that up. Let's stop talking about (laughs) We're millennials. We bring it up because we're awesome. (laughs) We are. We're we're the best generation, but that's okay. So I around online and seeing all these, I will just refer to them as Gen Z, this younger generation and how passionate they are about what they put in and on their bodies. They care so much more than we did 20 years ago or when we were teens or in our 20s and we didn't use SPF every day. And the selection of products and ingredients for skincare was so limited. It was just a small selection that you either bought at the pharmacy, Walgreens or CVS, or you had to buy some cosmetic brand at the department store that was more of a makeup brand like a Chanel or a Mac and you're trying to get skincare, but it's really more of a makeup cosmetics company. So it's much more limited and we just weren't as educated. So I really credit now, I mean, this younger generation, they care about ingredients. They're trying to be preventative with their skin rather than corrective. Like we had to be from all our sun damage and all the cigarettes we smoked and the, you know, (laughs) bar tops going to bed with all our makeup on, you know, like all that garbage that everybody did in the nineties. And so now we're trying to be corrective. Whereas this younger generation, as soon as they're starting to see hyperpigmentation or fine lines, they want to start using anti-aging products to correct that rather than wait until the issues are much more serious. So what I put together was that's the audience I'd like to target. We're a new brand. We're at a lower price point, which I said before. And so what I'm finding is this younger Gen Z, or not even necessarily, I have to be in your 20s or early 30s, but people that are new to really caring about and investing in their skincare, they're going to the Medi Spas and the dermatologists and plastic surgeons, and they're getting the lasers 
tinctures and injectables. And these treatments cost thousands of dollars. So yeah, often, yeah. by the time they get up to the register, and then someone says, hey, do you want to buy this $250 serum after they just spent like two grand on treatments? Yeah. Like I can't yeah. afford that. So what I, I mean, want I to- can't even afford that. So I don't know how they manage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's all kinds of, so it's not just Gen yeah. Z, but it's just somebody that's new to like, I really want a high quality serum, moisturizer, night cream, cleanser, whatever, but I can't spend $250 on one product. Could I spend $4 on a retinol that's the same concentration? Yeah, Yeah. I could give that one a try. So that's where SkinRx is trying to find its space in the very busy and thriving beauty industry. No, I mean, I think you guys definitely have that space, though, because there is like literally no one else that I know of that is actually trying to so actively target the specific niche. I mean, in the sense that, okay, you know, we have all come on this journey right with skincare products i think gen z has definitely like you said they've accelerated their i guess need to understand what are the different terms what is organic skincare versus like we were talking about like clinical grade or medical grade and they've started to understand but the problem is i think it also falls into now where they want results i think our generation was so into like and you know i love packaging don't get me wrong i do i love packaging i love a good really nice aesthetically pleasing product right that I buy but I think very quickly we've shifted into a culture where it's like immediate gratification right so now they're like I want result like I know there are 10 year olds walking into Sephora right now that are looking at retinol products so it's like I'm just always curious like where did they even learn about this stuff it's like retinol to me was a scary word you know for the longest time just like you know Accutane and all of these things now that we are so used to like for our generation we were not wondering about vitamin c and accutane and retinol and or if we were i mean i remember hearing accutane was around and i didn't personally use it but people that did didn't understand how serious it was and the side effects like that's serious medication just like you say the word you know retinols that's a serious word and that was something i wanted to bring up with you was these brands that are very marketing based at those big box cosmetic stores And they're targeting or they went viral for very young, not only teens, but tween, like you said, the eight, nine and 10 year olds. And it's really dangerous. They do not need to be putting these active ingredients in their skin. They should not be using retinols at all. What it can do is damage like their skin is already producing collagen. They don't need anti-aging products and that could be causing breakouts in their skin. And then they're wondering why they're getting acne. So then they want to use more and try different ingredients. It's really that actually I think is a very new hot topic is very yeah it is that are I've, tar- seen, I've seen literally like 20 reels I kid you not calling on TikTok where people are like Sephora employees are saying this like they're like yeah I had this little girl walk in ready to beat me down because I wouldn't tell her where all the retinol was it's crazy what we're seeing right now and I think a part of it is what you said where we have had this culture of promoting every XYZ product to oblivion and not thinking about, okay, this is going out there and everyone is lumping this in it. This is what you need for good skin. That's the problem is that we don't take the time to understand that there is a need for medical grade skincare, but not everything has to be super harsh. It doesn't have to be these like crazy ingredients, retinol being one of them. Another one being like, for example, some toners that 
might be used or exfoliating agents that might be used that are too harsh. It's too much. These are the kind of things that I think, even though Gen Z has accelerated and they've learned so quickly, they're still trying to navigate this space. That's why I love SkinRx so much because you have a tight range of product. You're not over here with 50, 60 product and then a 15-year-old is buying like, oh, I want my skin to glow. Okay, let me buy all of the exfoliating product. Like that's what scares me. And so when I look at SkinRx, and this is something I really want to learn about from you, is that, you know, you have products that are going to make your skin glow. Like you have your wonderful serum. It's very heavy with the vitamin C and you've got that great algae in there. You've got these great products, but you're not seeing things like, yeah, 50% AHA and this is going to slough everything off your skin, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. So tell us a little bit about SkinRx. Like when you were crafting this vision of all of this being accessible, medical grade being accessible, what were some of the hallmarks that you wanted to make keep in mind for good skin? Well, you touched on something that I can kind of tie into my own brand, which is not, we all know, we don't all have the same skin, the same conditions, the same issues, the same skin texture or so forth. Not every product is meant for every person. So I just posted on SkinRx Instagram just last night, an article by Beauty Independent, which is a great trade. I'm sure you know, you're familiar with them saying it's Sephora turning into Claire's saying that they're catering these skincare companies with such active ingredients, but they're catering it for very young people. So something that you and I talked about was transparency. So with SkinRx, I want to be very honest and clear about who should and shouldn't be using the products, which means the benefits, the ingredients, the application, because I have a 13 year old daughter and there are products within my line that she just doesn't need. That's part of the reason that over this next year, 2024, we're developing a skincare line for acne, oily skin, combination skin and acne prone skin, because these products they're either too heavy or they have active ingredients. The line right now is more anti-aging. So it's for somebody with more mature skin. And I don't mean mature as an age. Well, I do in that like you can feel that you're ready for anti-aging in your 20s. Like I said, like if you're noticing little tiny aging concerns to your skin, but this is not a skincare line for teens. I have a dear friend that was on your podcast a few months ago who launched a skincare brand for teens because that was a very specific concern to her too. She has a daughter that we have daughters the same age, Elise from Twish. I love Elise. She's like one of my (laughs) favorite people. We worked together 20 years ago. So it's just, it's really cool to come full circle and we're both launching brands. And so hers is very specific for that market. And what we need to do with transparency and seeing these articles about certain brands that are just marketing based or certain stores that are really pushing products they shouldn't is what I see is that we're slowly going to see these huge trending brands being exposed. Transparency is just going to happen more and more. The more media or professionals like yourself and myself, the more that we speak up and expose these companies or these product lines to say, hey, 
Because of these reasons, you're not targeting the right audience. So Elise and I both were quoted in an article talking about a certain brand. I don't know if we can talk about specific. Oh, you can. You can talk about Drunk Elephant. (laughs) Drunk Elephant. A huge brand that trended huge on TikTok and really is popular with teens and tweens. And it's really, they have a lot of those ingredients that just are not safe. And these kids don't know it, but they're just, it's such a cult product and it's so desirable and the packaging is so exciting and enticing for so such a young demographic. And so there's been several articles out about how their marketing is geared for such a younger audience, but the products are not appropriate and they shouldn't be using it. And so that's all happened within the past month or two. And Drunk Elephant even came out with their own statement because it made such a huge splash to identify that they said, yes, we do have, it was like a soft admittance, like kind of a semi admitting. They said, yes, we do target kids and teens, but only for certain products. So it's like they tried to save Well, then you need to put that out there. That's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. You know, they did it in response to the fact that so many industry people were saying, hey, parents, wake up. Don't buy this stuff just because your kids say it's cool and all their friends have it. Yeah, yeah. No, but here's the thing, though. You brought up a really good point by mentioning that. And I honestly want to say I don't believe in that even if like, okay, I'm glad they put a statement out that let me just say that's good. But here's the thing. If you are not telling people that these are the products meant for teens and these are the products meant for everybody else who has more mature skin, that could be the baseline. It's not just Drunk Elephant. There's a lot of brands like that. There are brands. I interview so many brands and sometimes I look at the coloring of these packaging, like models that they have. And I'm like, how would a 10 or 12 year old not be attracted to your brand? But here you are bottling retinol and bottling ridiculous strong AHAs and BHAs not telling them what these do to your skin and you're asking why like there's a massive problem here so it's like yeah I'm on that side of no I don't think it's good enough to just put a statement out I think you need to be more focused and define your niche and define what you're here to do like I mean yeah so that's where I see the industry I really believe I feel like that shift is about to start happening the whole transparency whether it's product line or another hot issue that I think is really going to start shifting in Hollywood is for all these years, the majority of Hollywood deny the work that they've had done. And just in the past, like late 2023, I started to notice a few more celebrities, you know, they're not coming out with all they've done, but admitting, okay, I've had one nose job, even though we all know they've had three or a breast enhancement or whatever, when it's like, well, clearly. And I think that that shift is slowly going to happen. The more mainstream plastic surgery is becoming and the more, again, like the exposure from professionals, there's paparazzi everywhere. And a paparazzi can take a picture of a celebrity and send it somewhere. And then it's posted on a celebrity site. And then they will post the same picture of themselves, but it's edited. And there's so many great accounts out there or people in the industry that are exposing that kind of thing. And it's forcing celebrities to be put on the spot to say, it sure looks like your nose changed. Exactly. What do you have to say? And there's pictures showing before and after where 
where the layman can look at it and say, yeah, that nose is different. Yeah, those brows are lifted. And so I feel that that transparency too, like we need to be honest. It's just like me, like I love my skincare. I believe in it. I feel passionate about my brand that I've created and the efficacy of it. But that doesn't mean I don't get lasers. I don't get Botox. What it means is I do still. And I think there's a lot of plastic surgeons out there that preach that same message. And I fully support that. Hey, I've had surgeries. I've had injectables, be it Botox, Dysport, you know, fillers, dermal fillers. I've had these things. Good skincare complements those things. And that's exactly. a transparency that I think more and more experts and more and more people that have platforms are able to expose. Like if you see a skincare line that says this product can replace this eye cream, let's say, can replace Botox. No, it can't. No, it can't. Yeah, yeah it can. exactly. It can, you know, if you have fine lines around here, may soften it, but good skincare can complement those injectables. It can't exactly. the result. Exactly. I think also, just to add to what you were saying, not to interrupt you, but like, just I love that you're actually bringing this up, because this is never talked about is, you know, the idea that it is okay for you to get procedures done, go get that laser, you know, procedure done, go to a great dermatologist, a great clinic, and let the professionals do what they're really good at. But then if you're gonna do that, don't botch it up by using crappy skincare. Don't do that. Like you're just, it's like saying, you know, calling somebody's coming out of a surgical procedure or something, or something happened to you where someone fixed you up, but now you're going to use like dirty napkins for bandages or something. That's the equivalent of that. And it irks me to see people like, yeah, I know like there's a big celebrity culture around getting, for example, like lip fillers and like a lot of things done these days. But like what we're not talking about is that these celebrities have ridiculous levels of medical grade, clinical grade skin care that is in their routines they're using for specific reasons. We're not talking about that. We don't show the the post-procedure care. We don't talk about any of that. And the big thing and the take-home for this, especially with teenagers or like anyone young, I think if you're in your 20s, you're still in that category for me personally. Like if you're in your 20s, you're still figuring it out. So I think if you're in that age group, you need to find your skincare before you even go get your procedure done. Because that skincare is going to maintain your results and it's actually going to enhance your results. Exactly. And so that's something that I do feel is another growth or another transition or change in the beauty space. Like the beauty space exploded in the past, what, five, let's say years or so with the growth of Sephora. Sephora has been around longer, but just that. And then the competition of Ulta coming into the market. There's just so many products and it's just increased the desire for beauty. And what I think is everybody just got excited. A lot of people did their homework and really got into the industry and said, I want to learn about this stuff and figure out and try out different things. And if it's not working, I'm going to be honest with myself and say, I need to try something else. And I'm going to go over here. But I think a lot of people have just been so caught up in the excitement of it, whether it's a new celebrity brand, or it's got fully marketing brand, you know, that's just colorful and trendy and went viral. And people are getting excited. And I think, but they're not really talking about what are we actually doing? What are we actually getting from this? And so I think that that's going to start shifting to exactly what you said. People are waking up to, okay, is this actually benefiting me? Is this actually, who is this? Wait, why is this brand started by a musician that knows nothing about skin? (laughs) 
I think that there's just starting to be an awakening to cheaper or less effective products that people are starting. And that's why we're getting away from the all naturals and the really bright packaging or the crappy celebrity brands, which some are good, but I'd say very rarely. They're not passionate about it. They're just throwing their name on it and marketing. And people are waking up to this and going, I don't want that. I want something that's actually for me. If they're younger, I need something that's not going to make me break out. I don't want to have to go to the dermatologist and then get Accutane or something or tretinoin or something super strong that's then going to create more issues. And then if you're not a young teen or something, it's I want something that's actually fixing, not just because I really like her music. Yeah, um, exactly. And also like products that I feel like, you know, you made a really good point about like, we used musicians as an example, but like, you know, just to kind of touch on that, it's something I felt very strongly about for a long time is that I'm not against entrepreneurship ever. I think it's a really great journey to go on, but you do have to have some accountability. Like if you're going to create a product in the space like skincare, right? I mean, I look at skincare as like the same way that I look at pharmaceuticals. I mean, that's just me. I really do think that what you're putting on the largest organ of your body needs to be a little bit researched, actually a lot researched, whether that's through dermatologists or chemists or whatever your avenue is as an entrepreneur entrepreneur, you have gone the extra mile to understand that now you're dabbling in science. You're not dabbling in the arts anymore. This is not artistic exploration of the skin. Okay. Like, let me just say that for anyone out there who's, I don't want to discourage anybody, but if you're going to go into the industry, you better figure out if you like science or not, because you're going to be exposed to a lot of it and you're going to have to understand a lot of it. And I feel like a lot of those founders, they simply don't have the mental and intellectual interest to want to understand. So we end up getting products like, oh, this will rewind your skin by 10 years. You know, these ridiculous marketing claims, right? So like a lot of that is coming from this culture of discouraging scientific exploration. And I think that's also a point I wanted to make about SkinRx was that because you have thought about the price point of your products, because you have put in the energy to understand that, yes, it has to be scientifically valid, but then we also have to have accessibility. It lets people that are new to skincare explore. And that's where we don't even even think about that anymore where we're saying here buy my $300 cream but then you're going to be out of money so if it doesn't work for you you'll never get to explore anything else that's where I'm like where is the ethics where's the morality in that and that's where I have such a big problem even if you are a brand that okay you did five years of research cool good for you a big applause you should do that but why is your product $500 bro who's gonna buy that and who's gonna actually like learn from that like this is what works for my skin versus this versus that aspect. That's what bothers me, especially for the younger generation, especially for them, because they're exploring and they're learning and they're growing. And we're not letting them do that if we make our products so expensive. So I like that you didn't do that. The SkinRx doesn't do that. That's really cool. I couldn't agree more. Maybe it's just like the Midwest girl in me that's rather produce yeah. something at a fair price point than make a bazillion dollars on false claims. Because And the reality is, I think longevity too. You know, as I'm yeah. saying, I see a shift in the industry those product lines, they're exciting at first, but then people are seeing, hmm, it doesn't, then all of a sudden you don't hear about it. I mean, let's look at Kim K. She came out with a skincare line that was yeah. just an 
exorbitant amount. And everybody was excited at first because it was very interesting packaging. It's made by Kim K. So many people still idolize her, but you never even hear about it anymore. And then from her skincare line, all of a sudden she came up with a bathroom accessory line. And it was just like, to me, it read as, okay, this isn't making what we thought it would. Let's see if maybe we can throw in some different products and that'll yeah. Another revenue stream is really because all. I need yeah. to hear about her skincare. And the thing is, it's just the way she just keeps coming up with more brands and more brands and more brands. It goes back to you and I, like, how passionate are you? You created the skincare line to put your name on it. And that's what sold it. And the interesting yeah. packaging. But it really only got about one round of people yeah. buying it for it to phase out and people go, okay, that was fun. And that was nice, but I'm not going to pay that much for the results that I was getting. That's what that message says to me. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Another one that I never hear about is, you know, <laughs> I think, I, I think you and I were talking about this before is Brad Pitt. Oh my God. Don't get me. <laughs> 2023 or late 2022, when he came out with a skincare line using his grapes from his Chateau and Vineyard in France, which we could do a deeper dive into that. That was a whole storyline in and of itself is that he partnered <laughs> with Angelina Jolie. She sold off her half to a Russian conglomerate. And so, you know, whatever. So he's using the grapes. And then I just remember thinking, huh, Brad Pitt skincare. Okay. And then I yeah. see an interview where, you know, he's doing a press tour to promote his new skincare line. And the interviewer says, what's your skincare routine? And him just totally kicked back in a chair like this in his cool Brad Pitt way, which he's gorgeous and he is cool. But he goes, yeah. I didn't have one. And then he mentions, <laughs> like, Jen Aniston tried giving me, you know, routine a few years ago. And just like, it was like, how do you expect anyone to believe in your passion or the interest of you as the face of this brand? When you just said on camera, now publicly out there, that you don't care about skincare. Why would I was so shocked? I was so shocked when Brad came out with his line. I literally wrote, like that day, I wrote an article on our Medium blog. And for everyone listening, by the way, this is a shameless pitch. Go check that out. It's really good, actually. Just the blog. But no, I wrote an article and I was like, Brad, you don't need to worry about men's skincare. We got this. I literally list off like 10 brands founded by men that are killing it in our space, like that kind of thing. Because I was like, and then I think there was also like a collective letter that the industry wrote to him or something like that. Yeah. Like I literally like, it's like we all had the same response and we were all just looking at him like, are you, what is wrong with you? Like, what is this like a crisis in life? Like what are we going through Brad? Because there's absolutely no reason. It was just a money-making thing. And and be it that it was specific to the vineyard and the fact that he was losing money because of his legal issues with the vineyard, with his ex and selling off her portion. Was it a way to kind of like compensate for, for, losses there. I don't know. I think it was just pitched to him. And somebody was like, hey, we'll create this line. Can we put your name on it and use your grapes? And he was just like, sure. So again, where, but do we ever see anything when we read about best of beauty, best skincare, anything like that? Do we ever see, I don't even know the name of the brand. I think it's something in French, but I don't recall because we never hear about it. So I think things with the transparency, people see through it. So they might get into the hype. And that's what I think is happening with brands. I think that, that are- also it is the celebrity stuff, but it's also just, I feel like our industry runs blind 
handily with concept. Like I think a yes. lot of times we find ourselves always talking about marketing, but like no one really dissects like why do we keep coming back to marketing? What is it? You know what I mean? What are we doing repeatedly that is just becoming this like never ending cycle of term? And one of my biggest qualms, I kid you not, Colleen, it's as a scientist, please stop using words that are science words. Just stop. Just please just stop. First we did peptides. Then we did whatever. Like we just keep coming up with these terms that are like biotechnology or whatever, right? And we just start using them. And then what happens when we do that for a repeated time is that we lose the ability to discern between products. And that's something that I think is really hurting a lot of great brands because others are doing this. And it's something that I think as an industry, it needs to be addressed because a lot of times I find a brands that we were just talking about, like celebrity brands, they start taking advantage of this because we've created that cycle as an industry that now we're saying these are the buzzwords in cosmetic chemistry, yes, let's yes. put them everywhere. And so then you've got people like Brad Pitt coming in saying, hey, these are the buzzwords, put them in, <laughs> let's do it. That's the cocktail. And it's like, no, there's no cocktail. It's either your products work and they make my skin glow and look beautiful or they don't. That's it. It shouldn't be about terminology. If you want to learn science, great, but that's where I don't want to rant too much about it, but I really hate that. And I feel like it's not even feeding our industry. It's just feeding the wrong people that want to prey on the prospects of creating a skincare brand because they think it's prestigious to have one or whatever. It's creating more of those kind of monsters. And so I'm just a huge disbeliever. And like, if you're going to make something, if you're going to call it clinical grade, medical grade, that's fine. Use terms there because you've now set the foundation to talk about science. But if you're just going to create another brand that's got pretty flowery colors in it, please don't throw words like peptide at me because all I know is that you went to a lab and got a peptide and then you put it in your product. That to me doesn't make me feel like you're educated on the topic. So I have my own opinions about that, but I just think it's a cycle. It's like a vicious cycle. And we just say marketing like as a general term, but it's just so much more than that. So the key word that I wanted to respond with that is education. Because yeah. being a skincare brand owner and, you know, just yesterday I was quoted in an article and it was about dry skin, you know, this time of year, it's something people want to learn about and understand. And they said, what are the top ingredients that are beneficial for dry skin and which ones to avoid? And I really struggled with it because I thought you can't just say an ingredient. I yeah. can't just say avoid alcohol and salicylic acid. Why? You have to explain why. What do those ingredients do that will cause additional dryness? So if you're going to use peptides, ceramides, glycerin, and you're going to use these science terms, there's a responsibility to educate behind it. And like you said, not just use it as a marketing buzzword, which I yeah. see all over. It was so hard for me because I thought I can't just give a generic response. I can't just say glycerin's great for hydrogen. Like, you need to explain what it does. It absorbs, it holds in. That I think is so important that if you're going to be a brand that uses these buzzwords, because there are, I do have peptides, I do have retinols in my products, glycerins in a lot, but I need to explain what they are. I can't just say retinol, baby, come get it. Well, <laughs> what's the percentage and what does the percentage mean? Yeah, so I think yeah. that it's with what you're saying, you can't just market the buzzwords. It's the responsibility to educate what it's good for or not good for, who should be using it, who shouldn't. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's catching on that people yeah. are, I don't know what this means. I don't, 
what, what is this? Yeah. They either yeah, exactly. it or they improperly use it and then they do damage to their skin and they're upset by it. So then they're not going to use it. Well, that, and also like you brought up a good point. You said, you know, percentages, right? And I think this is such an important topic. And another reason why I love the way you've crafted your brand. And I really mean that, you know, for everyone listening, by the way, you guys have to check out SkinRx, like just so you have a little bit of a reference frame of what we're talking about. So tuning in right now, you can go to skin-rx.com and that will take you to the website and check it out. But Colleen, I wanted to say that I love the brand because you are so transparent about things like percentages and what the actual ingredients do. I think that when you, this is kind of what I meant earlier when I said, if you have created a medical grade brand and if you're working with a clinical grade brand, you then have established the baseline. Like I am into the science. I'm here to talk about the science and here's what we're going to tell you. So I think that's what I want to see more of. If I had a say, I would want to see more as a consumer of brand doing that because you're not shying away from science. You're saying, yeah, I got peptides, but I can tell you what those peptides do. That's the point. It's more like the brands that I worry about that are like, well, yeah, we've got the collagen stimulating, blah, blah, blah. And then we got peptides. Okay. But do you know what they do? Because I don't think you do or your consumers do. Like that's the problem. But I think you guys are doing a great job. I mean, I really love your serum. I kind of want to talk to you about that serum. If you want to tell us about it, it has vitamin C and the algae in it. That's the one I really, really love. And I've been using it very regularly. So tell us a little bit about it. Absolutely my favorite product too, the vitamin C serum. I use it in the morning because I think it helps give me that glow. Like if people like that dewy glow. So I don't use it at night because at night is when I want to do more like treatment to my skin, whether it's an exfoliant, like a glycolic or a retinol or something that's kind of treating my skin that you don't want to use during the day because then you're going out into the sun. So I like using it in the morning. So we're talking about percentages and things, and it has 3% vitamin C, which is actually extremely high. So it's really high quality product, which is why the price point is a little higher, not than competitors on the market, but as far as our brand goes, it's one of the more expensive products because it's such a concentrated serum, but I absolutely swear by it. So again, there you go. Like you need to understand like 3%, not you, you're, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. to understand 3% and then to be able to go look at other vitamin C serums and do the math and how much is this one? How much is that one? How much vitamin C is in it? So am I going to get the same results and the same efficacy with this other vitamin C serum? So I love it. That is my all-time favorite product in the line. Thank you for mentioning it. Yeah, no. And I'm glad that you actually mentioned the percentage because that's exactly what I was referencing. And one of the things that I would love for anyone listening in to understand is like we do go through like our skin. And the reason the 3% matters is because your skin has a whole pharmacokinetic system that your whole body does. And it basically what that does is it determines if something's going to actually bind to receptors at a given concentration. And if you go above the desired concentration of the optimal concentration of something binding to receptors, opening them or going through a channel, like actually going through and doing what it's supposed to do, you need to be within a certain concentration or a certain percentage of that as an active ingredient. And that's why when you're buying products with 20% vitamin C, you're not doing yourself any favors there. That's not going to make your skin glow more because you're just bombarding your receptors, bombarding your channels and your channels are going to be like, I don't care if I've got this X amount floating around outside. I don't need it. Like I'm good. 
I'm good. I don't need it. So what happens is you cause inflammation, you cause irritation, and then that kind of snowballs onto itself and sensitizes your skin. And so when you have a product like the serum by SkinRx, you are getting the right percentage of the vitamin C. So your skin is able to actually utilize that ingredient. And that's where it's like, I think it's so important to put that like you did, you know, on the website. If you guys look at under featured ingredients for the serum, you'll see it right there. Vitamin C, 3%. And that's the kind of thing you should be looking for when you're shopping online, when you're shopping in stores should just be there. So yeah, I love that serum calling. It's really, really good. It's Thank very you. Good. Yeah. you know, something else that I think is key in educating about vitamin C is that if vitamin C is exposed to the elements, loses its efficacy, right? So mm-hmm. if it's a cream in a jar and then you open it and close it and open it and close it, it's going to lose its concentrations. It's not going to work as well. So ours yeah. is a pump feature. So when you use it, you're never actually exposing the rest of the product in the bottle to the air, to the elements. So you're only taking out what you're using and the rest is still concentrated and closed off from the elements in the bottle. So that was an important feature too, and something to consider. I mean, we're just kind of going off about vitamin C, but I just, I I love it so much. No, but it's important. It's important though. Everything you're saying is very important. And also like, just to add to like what you said, like, by the way, guys, this applies to every antioxidant, FYI. What Colleen mentioned about the airtight pump and needing something where you're protecting your product, this applies to anything with antioxidants in it. So if you guys are buying products that are claiming to be rich in antioxidants, such as vitamin C, that could be one of them. It might not even be in there. They are all prone to being destabilized when they react with oxygen. So it's just something to be aware of. So I'm glad, Colleen, that you brought that up. But I I also wanted to mention that I like that you have the algae extracts in there. There's two different types of algae extracts. And I'm personally, like, I kid you not, I'm a huge fan of algae. I would love to learn about your vision when you were adding those in. Like, what was the purpose for those? Well, I will say that that was new to me. I mean, that was the dermatologist, you know, when I'm saying, like, what can we do to make this special? That was the dermatologist. Coming to me as we're working on different formulations and educating me on those types of peptides and extracts. So that was new and that was a learning curve to me before we launched was for me to learn some of those more scientific details from a scientist, a doctor, a dermatologist that creates skincare lines and has her own skincare line. And so that was education for me. I love that. And I love that you're open to that. That's huge. As an entrepreneur, like this kind of what we were talking about earlier is like, you have to be open. Otherwise, how are you going to educate your consumer? So I really love that you're saying that openly and admitting that, no, I had to learn from a dermatologist about this. That's awesome. We should all be open to saying that. I feel like we're all also living in that kind of culture too, where nobody wants to admit when they don't know something. It's terrible. It causes kind of a backwards reaction and it just misinforms people. And especially in the world of social media, I am a firm believer that the more transparent you are, the better you're going to do actually. Because people are going to come to you for that. They're going to recognize your vulnerability and really understand it and relate to it. And I think you should do that. It's just normal. So, but I love the brand, Colleen. You're a rock star and I love the whole range. If anyone is tuning in, you guys have not tried out SkinRx. I'm 
really, really urging you check it out. It's very, very nice. It's great quality and you're not breaking the bank, which is the best part. So any of you tweens out there wanting to play around or anybody, I think the skincare line is pretty safe for everybody. I mean, I've tried it and I have pretty sensitive skin. So <laughs> I can I can say from my experience. <laughs> products, right? Some of those serums, I mean, I think even vitamin C, and we do have a retinol, like those aren't for everybody, but we have a nice hyaluronic acid. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? The, t- the tweens and teens don't really need that either. So, well, we're yeah. creating a new line and there are so many great brands out there. Like we said, Twish is a new one that are specifically targeted for younger skin. But if I, you're in your like your late 20s or something, this is a great time. Like it, you guys should be investing in it. it. Yeah, yeah. This is it. If you just started to notice changes in your skin due to aging or just the elasticity or texture or fullness, of your skin. If you're ready for anti-aging, this is it. This is that's who it's for. Be it that you're 22 or 62. So new to anti-aging or somebody that just wants to continue maintaining anti-aging. And then another point I will make is that we're all gender friendly. I think that was part of the mission with the packaging too, is not to make it too feminine or too scripts or anything. I noticed when I look around at other people's websites to get ideas and see what other people are doing, And there was like a big national brand, a skincare brand, and they were like for women. And I thought, you know, right there in the messaging, you've just turned off a whole group of people that don't identify as that. Yeah. just put that in your explanation. So you know, so think- unnecessary. Why would you do that? that as a woman, I'm cringing at them for doing that. I don't think skin can be specific to gender or race. Yeah. I think it's just we all have different skin. Like even you and I, we might look like we have the same color and texture of skin. We have very different things going on. So I like that too, that this product line is very versatile for different mm-hmm. genders, ethnicities, ages. It's just a good all around anti-aging skincare line. I completely agree. And I think that you've done such a fantastic job and I'm so excited for all of the amazing things to come with SkinRx. I mean, sometimes I also want to say this like in our closing remarks is like for everyone listening out there if you're somebody who's experimented a lot with skincare lines I know I have definitely as a consumer sometimes it's just better to just go for the tried and true like ingredients you guys look for somebody who knows what they're doing and that they've consulted dermatologists they've done the homework in the science and just try that kind of a line okay like sometimes we have to go to that no matter what because our skin is an organ at the end of the day and it requires a routine in the sense of like it needs to have certain ingredients and nutrients given to it regularly and sometimes in the hustle and bustle of this industry we get so caught up in like that new brand new extract that just came out or whatever you don't need that it might be a nice addition to your routine but to establish a baseline routine I think that's so fundamental so for me I think SkinRx I personally believe it to be a great option for that if you don't have a baseline routine already set start here you guys have a nice like starter pack, don't you, Colleen? It's like the perfect size, I feel like, if you want to like try the line and experience it. Yes. Yeah. We have a, a large size, like full size bottle kit. And then we have a mini travel kit, which is great for travel. And it has our yeah. three 
our products, our three main products, a cleanser, the vitamin C serum, and a great moisturizer, especially if you're traveling or this time of year when it's so dry. It's a heavier moisturizer. It's not a night cream like you're thinking your grandmother's really heavy creams. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful moisturizer that is pretty much made for all skin types. So even sensitive skin or oily skin, it can help, especially this time of year or the dryness of traveling. So we've got kits. Yeah. I mean, those sell out all the time, but our best seller of all the products is our hydrogel rose mask. It's absolutely gorgeous. I forget if I sent it to you or not, but I definitely- I don't think I've tried that one. I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to definitely try it and then I will leave my, I'll probably do my own review. So if you guys want to check my own review out, check Dermal Unity. That's my personal Instagram. I'll probably post it. But I'm so excited about just the line overall, Colleen. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I'm a huge fan and I'd love to have you back anytime um, that your schedule allows for part two, just to chat more things about the industry and whatever. (laughs) Um, It would be a lot of fun. But thank you. It was so fun. I love it. And for everyone listening, you guys are awesome and you guys are why we're here. So if you have any comments, if you have any questions for Colleen's team, please send them over to us. We will pass them along and we want to hear from you. So let us know what you guys think of the show, what you think of. If you've tried SkinRx, let us know. Anything else, just chime in. We love hearing from you. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will be back next time.